At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. Today, in my series on Jesus, Savior of the World. Savior of the World. Jesus, the Savior of the World. Um, I've been saying this to you that over and over again, I've been saying this, that He's the one. He is the one. He is the Savior of the world. Out, out in, the, you know, in, in the climate that we live in today and, and all this going on, not just in, in the United States of America, but around the, the world, people are looking to be saved. They're looking to be liberated and freed. And we have the one in us. If you're born again today, then the Savior of the world, the one, lives inside of you. Amen? He's in you, and He has done everything in His Word that He said He's done. And, um, you know, I think, I think it was last week when I read you this definition of Savior. And it's defined this way. One who saves from danger of destruction. And He is that one. He is the one who has saved us by protecting us, by rescuing us, by delivering us, by redeeming us, by keeping us. All through the book of Proverbs, it talks about those who trust in God live in a safe place, and they're kept in a safe place. The Redeemer, the Savior of the world has kept us and delivered us. He's our guardian. He, he is here to defend us. All through Scripture, we see that He is our defender. And um, the one point I want you to leave with today, or one of the points I want you to leave with today, is that, you know, this time of the year, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. You can't separate the birth of Jesus and the life of Jesus. There's no way. You can't, you can't separate the, the birth of Jesus and the life of Jesus from the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It, it, it was a plan. Amen? And I'm going to read the Scriptures again to you, but I want you to, to really focus on this, that, that the plan for redemption was not something that God thought up, you know, about, you know, Several years before Jesus came, this was a plan that was established before the foundation of the world. The plan of redemption was set up before Adam and Eve. Before them. And I want you to think about that today because the more I think about that and meditate on that, the more I see through the Word of God how much He loves me. People are looking to be saved today, and I promise you that true salvation comes from knowing that you're loved and that you're cared for from Him. People will let you down forever and ever. People will let you down. He will never let you down. He's already done the things that I just mentioned to you. He's already your protector. Even when you don't need protection, He's your protection. 
Even when you don't need to be rescued from a, a difficult situation, He's already rescued you. Already. See, that doesn't, in, in most people's minds and thinking, that doesn't necessarily make sense. How can He already do it? No, He rescued me when He delivered me from a difficult situation. No, no, no. No, the rescue was already done before you needed to be rescued. He's your protector, your rescuer, your deliverer, your redeemer. Amen? He's your keeper. He keeps you all the time. He, he truly is your guardian. He's there to guard you. He's in, in, the Bible says He's in front of us. He's to the left and to the right. He's our rear guard. He is our guardian. But He's already done it for you and I. What we have to learn how to do is receive what He's already done. And this time of year, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, you have to realize that birth came that birth happened, and the plan for that birth happened before the foundation of the world. That wasn't something dreamed up at the last minute. So as I read the Scriptures today to you, I want you to see yourself in each and every one of these. Amen? First John 4 and verse 14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. We have seen and testify. Man, whew, that's what we've got to have. We've got to have it in us that we see it and we can testify of the fact that Father loved me so much that He gave the best of heaven that I would be delivered and set free. And He sent a Savior for me. This, this verse of Scripture in John, in John 4.42, it's the story of, of the, the Samaritan woman at the well, and Jesus had prophesied over her, and all the things happened. She goes back to her people and tells them, I, I've met the Savior of the world. And they, they doubt her for a while, and, and things happen, and then they say this to her. In verse four, in verse uh, chapter four, and verse forty-two, then they said to the woman, "Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. We know it. You know." In, in, in the world we live in today, everybody's trying to be so relative that people find themselves compromising to be relative. we got to know that the Savior of the world lives in us. But we've got to be able to testify of that. We've got to, we've got to know it inside of us that He saved me. And I'm not just saved from going to hell. And you know what? If that's all it was, how many can say that'd be good? Right? But that's not all it is. He saved me from being destroyed. He saved me from everything bad that could happen. He's already saved me. He's already healed me. He's already prospered me. He's already delivered me. But I've got to be able to receive it. 
These people from Samaria were around him for a short period of time, and they said to the woman, the Samaritan woman from the story, no, no, we believe not just because what you said, we believe because now we've connected with it. God wants you and I connecting with him in this time of year is such a great opportunity. I mean, how many opportunities have you had right now, even just in the last few weeks, to share something about Jesus, to talk to somebody that doesn't know him about him? Man, I get, I get opportunities all the time. How can you turn down those kind of opportunities? I was in El Paso the other day, and I was, I was pulling out of a Starbucks. And, uh, and right at the exit of the Starbucks was a guy trying to get money. And um, for years and years, I, I, I ministered a lot to people on the streets and people that needed things, and I gave, I gave lots of money and to, to people just to help them. But I kind of got tired of that and kind of began to have an attitude about somebody that was on the street, and I, and I created this attitude. And, and uh, this year, as I've been going through the book of Proverbs, as I've challenged you reading a proverb a day as we've done all year in the different translations, all through the book of Proverbs, it talks about how God wants me to have compassion on the poor. All through the book of Proverbs. It's not just one verse. It's all through it. How, how many have read it this year about having compassion on the poor? I mean, I see it all through Scripture. And God began to deal with me about, I, I, don't, I don't want you to leave these people short of you being able to minister to them when they come to you. They're, they're coming to me looking for something. So I've changed, my whole attitude has changed, and this year I've given, I've given a lot of money, but I've been able to minister to these people. So I'm pulling out of Starbucks last week in El Paso, and there's a guy right there. And all of a sudden, there's two cars behind me getting out, and I thought, no, I can't let this go, because I can't, there was no way for me to back up to be able to get out of my car, I had to talk to him right then. And uh, people behind me didn't really like it, but I didn't care. All I'm thinking about is what God told me. So I pulled up, I rolled my window down, and the guy told me, you know, some story about what he needed money for or whatever. And I grabbed my wallet, and all I had was 20s. Because usually I don't, give them that much because of different reasons. But that's what I had, and I took the 20 out. I said, look. And he saw the 20, and he, his eyes got real big because, you know, I think people give him dollars most of the time. And I put that 20 out there, and he grabbed it, and I held on to it. And I said, what's your name? He goes, what? I said, what's your name? Uh, Joe. I said, okay, Joe. I said, I just want to know. Because from today on, I'm praying for you. And tears just started coming down the guy's face. He said, you're going to pray for me? I said, yeah. I'm going to give you this 20. But I'm going to pray for you. And, he just, <laughs> and then the first horn came. And I said, I'm, I'm praying for you every day from here on. 
And I said, we'll see our, we'll see, I'll see you in heaven. Really? I said, yeah. I'll see you in heaven. You know why? Because I won't go into everything else I said, and four more horns came. But what I said to him will not return void. It will accomplish what I set it out to accomplish. I wasn't under conviction to lead him to the Lord or anything like that. No, I sowed into that guy, and he'll never forget me. And I told him my, I told him my name. I said, my name's Bert. I said, you'll never forget me because you will know I'll pray for you every day. And you're, if you're not born again right now, you're coming to the saving knowledge. Is what I told the guy. And when I... reason I'm telling that story is He saved me, and His will is that not one person perish, but everybody come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Not one person perish. He doesn't want anybody to perish, but everybody come to the saving knowledge. So, our job's cut out in this time of the year. We've got to have, as, as the Samaritans said to the woman, man, you told us that, and we kind of believe, but now we really believe because we've experienced Him. We've got to experience Him day in and day out. We've got to know Him for who He is. We've got to be led by His Spirit. We've got to know how to hear His voice and do the things that He tells us to do day to day. We've got to know how to do that because there's a whole world waiting. Christ revealed in you is the hope of the world. There's no politicians that's going to deliver us and save us. Not from the mess we need to be saved from. No, no, no. There's only one Savior. And you and I have to experience Him day to day so that when the time comes, we can be to other people who He is. Because they'll never know Him like the disciples knew Him in the flesh. Now they only know Him when we experience Him and we know Him and we have Him and we deliver Him. Everybody say, He's the one. He's the Savior of the world. He saved you. He saved me. He saved all of humanity. And humanity was saved before the foundation of the world. The plan of redemption was established before the foundation of the world. before so I want you to see that what I just talked about in these um, next three verses I want you to see it I'm going to read this out of the passion translation and it's 1 Peter 1 and verse 18 starting with verse 18 19 and 20 for you know that your lives were ransomed once and for all from the empty and the futile way of life handed down from generation to generation. I'm going to read it again. For you know that your lives were ransomed once and for all from the empty and the futile way of life handed down from generation to generation. It was not a ransom payment of silver and gold which eventually perishes, but the precious blood of Christ. Everybody say, I know that. 
We've got to experience that. We've got to live it. Mm, mm, mm. Who like a spotless, unblemished lamb was sacrificed for us. Watch this. This was part of God's plan. For He was chosen and destined for this before the foundation of the earth was laid. But He has been made manifest in these last days for you. Before the foundation of the world, the Son who wasn't even the Son yet became the purpose of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I like to say it like this, like there was a board meeting before the foundation of the world. Father, Son, and Word, Father, Holy Spirit, and Word were there. Not Son, Word. And I kind of visualize it like this that in this meeting they were talking and they said, okay, Word, you're going to uh, become the Son. You're gonna, Father said, you're going to become my Son. See, in heaven, there's no battle for who's in charge. Mm mm. Between the three, they're one, but Father's Father, Word is Word, and Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not down here saying, why am I having to live inside of this messy bunch? Why can't I be on the throne? Why can't I be, or I'd at least be at the right hand of the Father? There's no bickering going on. They know who they are. And they said, okay, Word, you're going to become my son. Because I'm creating all of humanity, but they're going to need a Savior. (laughs) And the plan that God had for you and I, He said, but has been made manifest in these last days. What the blood of Jesus has accomplished is here for you and I in these last days. It's been the last days since Jesus left. And it'll be the last days until He returns. And our work is making sure that we know Him, that we experience Him, that we've partaken of Him. We've received Him as our Savior, so no matter what comes against us, we're delivered and set free because He's already set up my deliverance. I've already been redeemed. The Apostle Paul said it the best, many of the persecutions that come against the righteous, but my God delivers from every single one of them. You go to 2 Corinthians 12 and you can go read that and it talks about all the things that Paul went through. Beatings often, deaths often, stonings, things that he went through and stuff that happened to him. You, you say, well, you know, I, I'm not believing for those kind of things. No, you don't believe for any of that. Paul didn't. He was doing the work of God. Things happened, but God delivered him every single time. He didn't leave here till he was finished. But if you notice in that list of things, and it's a pretty good long list if you read in 2 Corinthians 12, not one, did he, not one time did he talk about the suffering of sickness. Because Jesus took that on Himself. 
The suffering comes from the persecution of standing on God's Word and doing it His way, not compromising, but standing on the Word and living it, embracing it, making a part of you so that you can be that, the hands and the feet and the mouth and the expression to the world that God is real. But with that is much persecution. Much persecution. If your mouth stays shut for the things of God because you're too intimidated and you you don't want to upset anybody, I'm not talking about going and making people mad by screaming and hollering at them and preaching at them and all that kind of thing. I'm talking about standing up for the truth. You're afraid of that, you got to get over that fear. Because the world needs you to be in faith and strong in knowing whose you are, who you are, so that they can receive the goodness of God through you. Can you say amen? This was the plan. Ephesians 1 and verse 4 also in the Passion Translation. These three verses. And in love He chose who? Say me. In love He chose you. He chose me. He chose us. Before He laid the foundation of the universe. In love. He loved me so much that He chose me before the foundation of the planet. I mean, doesn't that, does that, I mean, is it just me or does that do something to you? That He loved me so much, He had a plan set up, and you could say it like this, God knows the, God knows the end from the beginning and everything in between, you could say he had a plan set up in case Adam and Eve screwed up. Say it like that if that helps you. He had me covered. And the more I know how much he covered me, I mean, the less fear I have, stress, anything in life, there's nothing, nothing. I mean, what, what, what are you going to be afraid of when this one has your back? I mean, he didn't just have your back. He's got your front side, both sides, top of you, underneath you. He's got everything. It's already covered. He already redeemed us. He already delivered us. He already healed us. Liberated us from everything that is not of God. Already. Done. Finished. How can we not Learn to trust Him. I didn't say it's easy. If it was easy, everybody do it. Did you hear me? If it was easy, everybody do it. But there's nothing that will fulfill your life like what I'm talking about today. Nothing. Nothing. John 3.16 Oh, no, I didn't finish what I was reading. Because of His great love, back in Ephesians 1, because of His great love, He ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in His eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in His perfect plan. Oh, man, I like that perfect plan. I like to say it like this, for I was always in His perfect plan. Woo! (laughs) Come on. I was always, in spite of me, I was always in His perfect plan. Mm, 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 mm. 
always in his perfect plan. To adopt me, to adopt us as his delighted children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love, watch this, this is, this is the key thing, and then I'm going to read John 3.16. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for me. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Did he, did he say that? Did, did the Word say that? Yeah. And this unfolding plan of how much he loves me brings him great pleasure. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that He would through Him be the Savior of the world. He's the one. He's my Savior. Can you say amen? Say that. He's my Savior. He saved you. He, he loves you as much as He loves Jesus. And He saved you. He delivered you. He rescued you. He is the safe place. Even when all hell's breaking loose. He's the safe place. He's safe. It's safe to trust Him. See, there's no place in the natural that you can go and hide. Because if you hide in the natural, it's because you're in fear and He can't help you. You understand? He can help you get out of it, but you have to learn to develop the trust. If we stay in fear and we choose our way, he can't do anything. He has to sit on the sidelines and watch the imploding of our lives happen right before his very eyes, and he can do nothing if we won't develop a trust. There are a lot of people that don't believe that. A lot of people believe that whatever happens bad, that's just God trying to teach you something to get your attention. He doesn't have to use bad to teach you anything. If you send your child to school to learn math, is it the teacher giving them spankings that's going to teach them something? Or is it the information in the book? Something bad happening isn't going to teach him. God doesn't need bad to teach us a thing. He has His Word and His Spirit to reveal all truth to us, to teach us what we need to know in life. Can you say amen to that? That's what He's done for you and I. And He's liberated us. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He, he is the Savior of the world. He's my Savior, my Deliverer, my safe place. I don't have to hide somewhere in the natural. I can hide in him. And when I hide in him, he's faithful and just to prove to me that he will do what he said he'll do. The enemy's trying to convince us that he can't do what he says he can do because of the way maybe a situation or a circumstance looks. But the Bible then tells me, see, the Bible's always got an answer. For everything the devil throws at you, the Bible's always got an answer, but that's why you've got to know the Word. 
devil try to tell you, no, you know, look, look at that thing right there. God, God can't do a thing. No, no, no. Everything is subject to change. If you will develop a trust and a faith and a confidence in the one who has already done everything for you. It's not he's going to do it when we see it. There's no faith in that. The faith has to be developed. Yeah, you're going to be moved by what you see. Yeah, you're going to... Who, if you tell me you're not moved by certain things in the natural in your life, you're lying. But we don't have to stay like that. We can overcome in every situation. Can you say amen to that? So I want to read these last two passages to you. One found in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. And the other found in the book of Titus. And I want you to see, I'm just finishing this message with driving my point home. That he's already done everything for you that he'll ever do. And he did it not at the last minute. Trying to come up with a good idea to save us and deliver us. He already had the plan set in motion before the foundation of the world. And I want you to see it again in this passage. 2 Timothy 1 and 6. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Back in the board meeting. Father, Word, and Holy Spirit. We're going to set it up this way. Yeah, I see Bert. He's going to be born in 1959. He's going to go through some stuff, and he's going to get on the other side of that. He's not going to know anything about Jesus, the living Word, until he's about 18 years old. But we're going to set the plan up for him to come into the kingdom and to live and to do and fulfill the purpose and plan that we had set up. See, the plan, the plan was not just to redeem you from hell. The plan was to set you up, and they had a plan for each of our lives before the foundation of the world. That's the plan you and I have to tap. That's why I've got to know Him through the Word. I've got to know Him by the person of the Holy Spirit so I can hear His voice and know the things He wants me to do. You don't do something because it looks good. You do something because it's right in His kingdom. Always, I was raised by a man who was a golf professional, so I was a golfer. Duh. But by the time I was 18 years old and I accepted Jesus in my heart, i got to tell you this story. I was just back at my dad's um, this last week. And uh, I was driving down one of the main streets there. Have I told this story? I, I didn't tell this last Sunday, did I? No. So, huh? I didn't tell a story, right? <laughs> so I was driving down the street, 
<clears throat> and, uh, but this was, this was back in October. I was driving down the street, and all of a sudden, I saw this church sign with the name Alan Granger. And I thought, whoa. And I whipped around, and it was a, it was a real small church, but this is the guy that led me to the Lord. And I'm seeing his name on this sign, and I'm thinking, what the heck? I've just been out of touch with him for, for a long, long time. So I go to the church, there's nobody there, looked around, went to the back, couldn't find anybody. And so I thought, well, I'm going to call. And so I called and left a message, nobody, ever, <laughs> nobody called me back. But I went to their website, and I found out that, that Alan had passed away in 2016. Yeah. But his wife still pastoring the church. And so... Long story short, I contacted these people, and I've like reconnected with them, you know. But the purpose is that God had a plan for my life that started the day that I sat in this guy's living room in Las Cruces, New Mexico in 1977. And I had, I had kind of made, I was not sure about my my confession several months before, but when I sat in this guy's living room in May of 1977, this guy had been in prison. He had murdered somebody, and he had been in prison eight years, and he got born again and started preaching in the prison, and when he got out, when, when, when he got to eight years being in prison, they found a technicality in the case that they had against him, and they had to let him go. He had been out of prison about five months, and I'm sitting in his living room, and this guy leads me to the Lord. You think God had that plan before the foundation of the world, and he saw all the stuff and all the things going on and everything that would happen and all the issues that would go on and, and everything, and he saw my life and where I was and knew nothing about God, and here I am being able to receive from a guy that kind of related to life like I did. He had long hair like I did, you know. He wasn't like some, somebody else that preached the word. The other guy that prayed for me to receive the Lord had a crew cut. And, you know, when you're 17, 18 years old, it matters what people look like. Or shouldn't, but it does. And so, God had that plan established and set up before the foundation of the world for me and for you. And this plan, he said, got to get back to my place, hold on. Which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But again, as the other passage I read, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the good news of the gospel. That's what He's brought to you and me. He's brought this to us. And this plan happened before time we know of here. Adam and Eve dates back in the last 7,000 years. This was way before that. That God had a plan for your life 
and he had a plan for my life. Can you say amen? And Titus 1 and verse 1 and 2, and I'm going to le- read this out of the New Living Translation. And again, what I'm driving home is the point, the point that the plan of God for your life was set up, the redemption was set up, the birth of His Son Jesus was already set up before the foundation of the world. And I don't know about you, but that gives me a really good feeling inside. That He loved me so much that He already had it set up before anything bad happened. And now we see that He loved us and loves us today as much as He loves Jesus, the Father does. Titus 1 and verse 1. This letter is from Paul, a slave of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. I'm going to read that again. This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I've been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen. So have you. So have you. And to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. You've been called to do that. You've been called to live a godly life but you've been called to teach other people how to live that life. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, God who cannot lie, it's not like He could lie and He chooses not to, He can't lie, promised them before the world began. The promise was made before the world began. And it's been, as you read, as we read in these passages, it's been revealed to us in these last days how real he is, how amazing he is, the Savior that he really is. And that He has saved you from everything. So that you can take what He saved you from and minister that to the people that come into your world. Everybody sitting in here today lives in a different world. There's no competition for ministering life to people. How how many know you don't get credit for ministering to anybody? You you don't get any credit for people getting saved. They didn't get saved because you ministered to them. They got saved because Jesus died for them. The moment you and I take credit for any of that, it shuts that whole thing down. I'm not saving them from something that I have the power to save them in. I'm telling them what He did for me. Yeah, you got to have the voice. But at the end of the day, it's because of what He did. I'm telling you, man, we got a whole world to save. And i just tell you right now, you can be moved by the climate that we live in right now, or you can make a difference. If you don't vote because you think your vote, like in the political world, if you don't vote because you think your vote is insignificant, that thing will carry over into what I'm talking about right here. You know, what, what, what's, what's one person... 
How many remember the guy that I just told you that I met in El Paso last week on the street? How many remember his name? Somebody say his name. Joe. Okay, good. Man, you guys are listening. See, these people listen. What could happen with Joe? What what if in a year from now I see Joe on television and he's preaching? Or something. Whatever it would be. All that really matters is I don't know what it's going to be like at the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know exactly what it's going to be like. I don't know the credit that we're going to get. But God loves me as much as He loves Jesus. And He wants to give me credit. I know He does. And so somehow, if what I did for Joe, I'm just just taking one person. Everybody in here has done something for somebody. God never forgets one good deed that you do for another person. Not one. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 8, somewhere in there. God doesn't forget one good thing that you do. But what's going to really matter is the credit we get up there. Because what we learn to do, we did from our hearts to see people get liberated and free. That's what matters. And the climate that we live in today, God needs some difference makers out there making a difference because of their relationship with Him. Because of the anointing, the the ability to navigate certain things and work your life into people, not because of what you want for you. Building your thing and what you're called to do or whatever, God will build that. We've got to be the people that God can use and have confidence in that He will do exactly, that I'm confident that He'll do exactly what He said He'll do. The things that I shared with you today, He wants you to believe that He is your Savior and that He is the Savior of the world. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.